Blog Talk Radio. Sacred women, it's time to rise. You're listening to Food Alchemy at its greatest with Chef Sessie, the Food Alchemist. Welcome to Sacred Sexual Wednesday. Get over that hump day with us. Let's take a ride, learn Tantra, learn Kwadosha. Let's discuss our relationships with self and partners, and all the benefits that we can benefit from loving each other. Another hump day, but a sacred sexual Wednesday. Enjoy the ride with Chef Sessy, the food alchemist.
I am going to refresh my computer. I seem to be having a lockout. I am getting nothing. I am not hearing anything on the line. And I have a feeling people are hearing me, but I am not able to get our guests or any of our other callers or anyone from the room actually in this radio. And this is really weird. Ladies and gentlemen, I am sorry. I am just really never had this happen before. I know that we're live. Everything is frozen on my computer, on the switchboard. Nothing, nothing, nothing. This is not 
best I can do. Hello? I am going to call our guest and run it from there. So please hold, everyone, and I will be back. Hello? Hello. Okay, I have you. So I have her. You have me. <laughs> I'm all yours. Take me now. <laughs> I was like really freaking out here. Like I don't know. Maybe it's my computer telling me it needs a new one. Oh but, no. Say so. We're gonna go on with the show. We're gonna make the best out of all situations, no matter what. We're gonna push through this. We Absolutely. Have a, have a great show, and we've been playing tag, and I'm glad I kind of got to talk to you a little bit. Uh, for everyone out there, I shot a one-minute commercial for everyone to see for a guest for you to really stay tuned to Wednesday, and I was, I put in your purple. Did you see that? Did you see the purple color that I put in for your commercial? I did. I thought I'm telling everybody what an amazing job you did. I was like, "Wow, you're but, awesome!" Thank you. So I, uh, I was doing videos today. So I was like, "Yours was, I want to put it on my uh, YouTube account, uh, which is Chef Cecily, at YouTube. So I want everybody to go and tell me what you like and get your information. I want to put more information about you and your updates and everything that's going on, and just really make it rock." because that's what we need, Um, more beautiful commercials, more beautiful things explaining about the show. Um, It was funny. I was on Judge Neal's show yesterday, and I had someone that did not, uh, we were talking about squirting. And the gentleman tells me there's no such thing. Women do not squirt. (laughs) Maybe we should have him over here, and I'll give him a demo. (laughs) 
I thought that was like, are you seriously? And I said, he says only, um, then told me females do not have prostates. And I said, okay, now I know what I'm dealing with, a person that really does not know. And I said, well, if you listen to my show, you'll find out women do have a prostate. It's not like a man. I said, when you um, ejaculate, it's the same thing. A female ejaculates the same thing. He says, oh, they're just urinating on you. No, that is not true. It come, he said, comes out the same home. I said, it does not. You and know what? Send him to drg.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-G.com. This is the man whom I aided in putting forth his doctoral thesis on female ejaculation. And what he did was he, I was one of the ladies mm-hmm. who took us in and had our bladders totally voided. Mm-hmm put in a catheter, we experienced stimulation for wonderful periods of time, Mm -hmm. and we were catheterized, so all the fluid that was resultant from that Mm -hmm. was captured. Now, I brought forth in two hours a liter of fluid, one of those big Coke bottles, Mm -hmm. and he tested it, and the level of ureic acid was so low that they hypothesized that there may have been residual in the urethra before the amrita or uh, ejaculate came out. But it was so negligible. Right. So he was, and he um, established all the properties, what's in it, and uh, it's all on his site. So check it out. Yeah. Learn a little. See, that's what we're all about, learning. And that's what I was saying, because everybody has so close binding thinking, that only sex is basically for procreate and not even pleasure. And that went out with the 1800s or even Don't before even get that. me started on that <laughs> subject. I am like writing this blistering blog all about that. <laughs> because that is that idea that sex is for procreation only is what has caused all of the sexual repression that we're experiencing today. Mm-hmm. And as a result, aberrant behavior. Right. You know, the idea that sex is for procreation only stifles the natural flow of how we're made, first of all. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, from if sex is for procreation only, then you can't have people that are gay having sex because they're not procreating. <laughs> you can't have people having fun sex unless they're procreating at the same time. Right. You can't have contraception. You can't have... All kinds of things that have created horrible repression in sexuality and limitations because people aren't giving themselves permission to really enjoy this, and we are built for joy. Right, right. And this is such a powerful healing thing. I mean, after you've had, I know you've had orgasms, darling, haven't you? Yes. After a great orgasm. How do you feel? Don't you feel more centered and clear and connected with everything and more in love? Yes. Yes. It's a head what does that tell you? This is a bad thing? No. This is a spiritual experience. It helps you reconnect with who you really are, with who everything is around you really, mm-hmm. in a more real, open-hearted, relaxed state and higher state of consciousness. Right. And what we mean by higher state of consciousness is that you're not in fear, you're not in pain, you're not in anger. Instead, 
you're in your center and in bliss. Mm-hmm. Now, what, is, what could be wrong with that except for the fact that maybe in that state when people are trying to lay down all these stupid rules on you, mm-hmm. you would be laughing at them and not listening at all because the way that we buy into all this crap is through fear. And if you're not in the state of fear, you laugh at this stuff. Right. That is Ridiculous. True. That's true. So you got me started. Now, <laughs> I'm all worked up. <laughs> it's okay. You're allowed to get worked up because I was really worked up. I shut down on the Judge Neal show and just, like, was just totally quiet because I could feel the ignorance that was coming from him and vibrating that just really upset. Like upset me that he was that oblivious. And so this was, was the guy that was running the show. No, 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 no. This was this was a guy that was on his show that is actually a favorite. Uh, he uh-huh. came in and it was just blatantly ignorant. He's like, I had to call in because I had to, you know, tell them that no. He says I milked cows and dealt with animals, and I'm like, okay. So now we're, again, we're being going back even further to Darwin's theory that we revolve from an ape. I'm sorry, I don't know what you believe in, but I don't think I revolve from an ape or anybody else. It's more to it than that. But that's getting into science and beliefs and... Oh, boy, we could start a whole... I mean, you're talking can of worms, baby. (laughs) Right. Major can of worms. (laughs) I mean, holy moly. (laughs) So, I mean, we're talking. Are we talking Zachariah Sitchin here? What are we talking? <laughs> okay, you want to get started? <laughs> right. He, he, I don't think he had a. He, as a matter of fact, I know he didn't have a clue. And uh, a, a person that was basically in um, and texting me said basically he must suck at a lo- as a lover. I believe he does. I mean, because if he doesn't take the time. And get to know this person. I know that he's just having a quick release, and he's basically, as far as I'm concerned, he's the one that says urinating on someone because he's just getting a quick spurt, and she's not getting any pleasure at all. Well, you know, you know what I call that. What? I call that a one of two things. I call it rabbit sex, or I call it masturbating with intercourse. Wow. Okay. What's really going on? You know. You know, there's levels of sexual maturity that we're looking at here, you know. And a lot of this has to do with age. Some of it has to do with emotional maturity. Some of it has to do with physical. Some of it has to do with spiritual maturity. All these things really line up as you advance in your life and really become a good lover. And, you know, when you're immature sexually, you know, it's just about getting off and it's about chalking up uh, notches on the bedpost. <laughs> they're not really concerned with who's on the other end of the penis, okay? It's just about, hey, look what I do. Right. But as as you mature, then all of a sudden you get interested in the person on the other end of the penis. Right? Oh, you're kind of interesting. And then what often happens is guys take on this attitude of, oh, I just want to please the woman. Right. That's what I'm about. I don't worry about myself. And, of course, after a while they get bored with that. That's no fun. Because, hey, first of all, we got women that don't even know how to be pleasured, receive pleasure, ask right. for what they want. And we've got men trying to please them. But these men are so used to masturbating in the closet for a quick, you know, zippy-doo, they don't realize that if you slow down and relax, you can have a much different, more highly qualitative experience. So it's just, you know, 
basically what's happening is the genitals come together and they masturbate on each other and pray to God something happens because they're not tuned in to each other. You know, when that heart connection starts, you start to connect in the heart. But if you don't have the genitals and the heart connected and relaxing and circulating that energy and those really diving into feeling and looking in each other's eyes, that's when you take it to the, to the moon hours. Okay, see? Let's see. I bet you they don't get all of that. No. Because yep. it was a girl that was saying that she was getting tired of... Uh, young girl, of course. <laughs> she was getting tired of being with herself, and she wanted a man, and a man that she she was beautiful, and all the men looked at her, and she was just wonderful. And I'm saying, okay, she's giving me all these things, and I said, but you're saying what you don't want, and I said, and you're wasting energy by putting out what you don't want, and you need to put out what you do want, but you you're gotta so know right. what you knew. You got to know. And I said, you need to go within yourself and really figure out who you are. And And have a relationship with your own body. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Hello. Uh Aha. Aha. Oh, girl, you know, I love talking to you. I got to tell you, your listeners, you know, we kind of, we've bonded, okay? We're sisters. We are like in it now. Right. It's, It's abiding. And we're so on the same page, so, you know, it's like we're preaching to the choir to each other. Right. But I hope that people listening are kind of getting a flavor for some new attitudes and approaches to what's going on in their sex lives, because so many of us just don't even have a clue of what's possible, men or women. Women, because they just don't even have the sense of what's possible, because they've never really experienced it with themselves or with anyone else. So we got to begin with ourselves, everybody. Right. And we got to slow down and relax and breathe, and we got to tune into feeling. We got to make love to ourselves. We're not just stimulating to get off. Right. We are loving and nurturing ourselves and giving ourselves exactly that touch we want, exactly that stroke, wherever on our body for pleasure. It's not just about you know focusing on the nub. Right. It's about. You know, when I make love to myself, I'm caressing my legs, giving myself a massage, squeezing, breathing, tuning in, listening, riding the waves. And this can go on for a while. Let me tell you, I am so deeply satisfied, nurtured, and full after that kind of an experience that I don't need anybody else. So I'm not coming from a place of lack anymore. Now, right. when I come together with a lover, it's like, hey, I got a good game. You got a good game. Let's have some fun. Right. Oh, wow. Yes, we're so connected. <laughs> I know. I know. What can I Because that's what I was saying. Um, like you have aches and pains. And if you're not taking the time, when you're so busy giving, and we are women or taught to just give, 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 give. Do we do that? Yes, and we're not taught to nurture ourselves that we actually shut down some of our chakras because Absolutely. we were. What's a chakra, honey? Tell them what a chakra is. Chakra is your points in your body of opening up your spirituality and connecting with your aura and your life force energy within yourself. And it's each level from your crown, which is your spirituality, connecting you with the universe. That's what I would like to say. And we're going to go down to your sacred chakra. Maybe I should work down 
which is the root chakra, which is sacred. Oh, yeah. and, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, and, can I can I toss something in here a little bit on this chakra thing? Sure, sure. Chakras chakras are actually energy vortices that are located in your auric field. That's that energy field that radiates from your body. You know, if you get close to somebody, you can sort of smell their pheromones and you can feel the heat from their body. Well, that's their auric field, okay? And these chakras are like these energy vortices that have a direct relationship with the organs nearby which they reside. Right. So that the the output of those organs, like hormones, your endocrine system, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. has a direct relationship with what's going on in this energy vortex. And it spins, okay? And they can spin clockwise or counterclockwise. There's all kinds of ways to play with that. But those chakras breathe in and breathe out energy like we breathe in and breathe out oxygen. So this is the energy aspect of our understanding. So when you're playing with things like Tantra, you're learning to access and play with this energy in your body in new and exciting ways. So it's like going from high school to college. You're not just rubbing stuff. You're not just skin to skin. You're now playing in vibration and energy that's even more intense than physical physicality. Mm-hmm. It's mind blowing. Yes, it is. It's now. Right now, go on. <laughs> well, I just wanted to explain that the rooted chakra is your foundation, and if that is not set right with anything, that is your spirituality, that's your belief system, that is. Sexually, mentally, physically, mentally, everything that is grounded is in your root chakra. And it has to have a strong foundation. And sometimes we don't realize that it's out of alignment. And I can put all of our chakras uh, up to our crown because we're out of balance. And then we go to our solar plex uh, chakra, which is also for creativity, which brings in a beautiful energy of creating Um this is where we can get in productive, like reprocreate, uh, building a new building, the artistic, the music, the whatever you're creating in life. That's where it comes from. That solar plex, that color, which is I I find mine happens to be orange. Um, my root chakra, which is red, and it's like a rainbow going up. Um, can I then, add something in here, honey? Sure, go. I've noticed in a lot of the people that I work with, I'm a life, love, and sex coach. Mm-hmm. And um, what I've noticed is that it looks like a lot of people kind of cut themselves off at the waist energetically. Yeah. You know, it's like what goes on down below the waist, you know, you, you focus there only when you've got to do business down there. <laughs> you know? It's okay. like, you know, bathroom stuff, sex stuff, and that's about it. But, you know... And then there's the upper half, you know, which has to do with the heart and compassion, spirituality. So what I've noticed is that there's what I call upper chakra people and lower chakra people. Okay. Okay. So upper chakra people are those spiritual people, intellectuals, people that are all about compassion, very zen kinds of things, you know. Mm -hmm. And they don't really like to mess with that stuff down below the waist. It's too messy gets really in the way of these high spiritual experiences. And then the lower chakra people, those are people like sex workers, athletes, massage therapists, dancers, mm-hmm. entertainers, people that are really in their body, sex workers, all that stuff. And these people actually, I've noticed, have a lot more tolerance than the upper chakra people. 
<laughs> because I don't know why. But anyway, it's bottom line is one of the things that I'm going to give everybody a little exercise right here. It'd be kind of fun. Okay. You want to play? Okay. I'm ready. So place your right hand on your genitals. Mm-hmm. And you, I don't care where you're sitting. Nobody has to look. You put it under the desk. And your other hand on your heart. Mm-hmm. And just take a deep breath in. And then take the hand that's on your genitals and slide it up your body, past your waist, all the way up till it meets the hand with the heart. Then go back down and do it again. And as you're doing this, imagine a column of light coming from your genitals all the way through the central core of your body, all the way up to your heart as you breathe, opening that channel, connecting the bottom and top halves of your body so that you're actually fully integrated. This could be a good thing. Instead of being separated from aspects of yourself during only certain times of personal interaction, now you have it all to bear because when you talk talk to you about that base chakra, that has to do with, you know, it, you know, it has to do with your foundation. There's, there's psychological attributes to these chakras also because it does run your endocrine system. So in the base chakra, it has to do with survival. Do I even want to be here? Right. It has to do with prosperity and abundance, you know. Do I deserve? Okay. Yeah. So that you want you to respect the money. You're very connected. Hello. You can kind of see that now. Right. When you bring that that foundation of self-love and, and self-appreciation and you include the heart, that makes a huge difference. What's the biggest issue so many of us are dealing with? Self-esteem. Right. Bring that up to that heart. The second chakra, which is right above the pubic bone, that has to do psychologically with sexuality and self-esteem. Have you ever noticed? Mm-hmm. When you're not feeling good about yourself, you're not feeling very sexy either. Right, right. Right? So right. we bring that self-love from the base to that second chakra, up through the third chakra, which is in the solar plexus, which is your power center and your emotional center. You know, if I were to insult you, where would you feel it? They say in the bread basket, that's in that solar plexus. You right. store a lot of emotions there. Right. We, we bring that energy up. We free it up. We bring it out to the heart. Now, the heart is a place of compassion and wisdom. So, really, we think we figure things out in our head, but the truth is that we receive that energy, that knowledge in our hearts. You've ever heard the expression, I know it in my heart? Yes. Yeah. So you bring that into your heart, and then you interpret it with the mind. The mind is really an interpreter. And if we keep that balance of understanding, we'll get less caught up in our head and be living more from our heart, because from our heart, we have true knowledge, essential knowledge. Then you bring it up through your throat, and that has to do with everything you can ever think of, and your ability to self-express, important area, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm, yeah. And then we move that up into the third eye, which is where a pituitary gland is, and this is where we vision and create and imagine. Mm-hmm. And then we move that up through the crown, which is where we connect with source. So that base chakra connects us with the earth and the potential of all living things. The crown chakra connects us with the as above so that we're this perfect conduit of the spiritual and the physical, and we represent that. Oh, that's true. So now you're fully integrated. And if you do that every morning when you get up, mm-hmm. and especially before you want to be sexual with your partner, you're going to have a much more balanced experience. Most definitely. Most definitely. I think 
that would it's amazing. That how does totally that feel? How does that feel to do that, Sassy? That feels amazing because it's basically feeling balanced. For me, um, I'm about balance for myself and other people that I'm with, I want them to understand it's not always about the bottom half or the top half. And sometimes that's what I attract, that either all the bottom half of the lower chakra or, <laughs> or the upper half that is so intelligent that the bottom half doesn't matter. Like, oh, well, you know, because I'm so great and so smart and so this, so that, 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 um, that doesn't matter. So why should I be, have to please her or should it matter if I'm good, if I'm a good lover or not? That's cockiness. I mean, have you ever noticed that people that are out of balance tend to present with what they think are their strengths? Yes. Some people, for instance, present with their sexuality and they come off as overly sexual. I've had to work on that one myself. Or they come off with their brilliant intelligence knowledge. Mm -hmm. Or they come off with their physical prowess. And they front with that kind of like a billboard. It kind of is in the way between your being able to actually see who that person is, but someone that's coming from their heart, you you can really see them. Right. You really feel and get to know who you're connecting with. Big difference. Yes. So what what do you need with? What do I need? What do you need with? What do you find yourself lead, leading with? Is it about being a wonderful chef or do you feel that you're coming from your heart a lot of the time i'm always coming from my heart that's why i'm getting (laughs) that's why you and i fell in love (laughs) yes that's why i feel i get hurt a lot because that i i thought everybody did the same thing i didn't realize that not everybody comes from their heart and there are devious people out there and i can pick up when some people are devious or when they're going to hurt someone else is their character. But when it comes to myself, I I have the tendency to see where they, the potential. I don't look at what they, you know, they could become. I see them already in their potential and that being them already, that the fullness of their heart, their loving, their spirit, and it's the totally opposite. I'm projecting what I see them as instead of Mm -hmm. what they truly are. So I love them from that place, and I have to learn to decipher to see them as they are, and that's kind of hard for me because I I want everybody to be, I guess, be from their heart. You know, I don't think you have to do that at all. Okay. I really don't. My thought is, is that you know what doesn't resonate with you and what does. True. Let me tell you a little story, okay? This is a great story, and it really illustrates what I'm talking about. I had this gentleman come in to me for a session. Mm-hmm. He was an Israeli man, and he was kind of built like uh, a <clears throat> beach ball, very round, very, you know, he was breathing heavy, sweating heavily. You know, He looked like he was very uncomfortable in his body. Wow. <laughs> he comes in, and, you know, it's kind of a Middle Eastern bravado. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I've discovered about Middle Easterners is that they give you a lot of shit. And if you stand up to their shit, they'll take you home, you know, <laughs> give you the last shirt on their back. If you don't stand up to their shit, then they will keep giving you shit. <laughs> wow. 
So this guy comes in with that bravado and he's got attitude and all this stuff. And I do this thing where I interview my clients and it's really for me to not only get to know them and create rapport, but to get a sense of whether I can help them or not. And some of that has to do with their receptivity and my ability to see the lovable part of them because I teach love and if I can't feel that love and working with them, I'm really wasting their time and mine. Right. So I'm sitting with this guy, and he's giving me rations of shit, and I'm just kind of going, I don't really want to deal with this. I was just ready to say, you know, I don't think there's anything I can do for you. And I got a little spiritual nudge. And the nudge said, reflect for him the beauty that you see. So I said, you know what? I get that you're a little on edge here, and you might be a little uncomfortable. But you know what? And you're putting out a lot of interesting vibes. But here's what I see beyond those signs. And I started looking for his beauty and reflecting it back to him. And as I did, this guy did a 180. Wow. It was the best session I'd had in years with this guy. He opened. He allowed himself to be intimate and vulnerable. And we did tremendous work together. So... A lot of this stuff, if you look for the love and the beauty in others, there's a greater chance that you'll find it. And a lot of us think we have to protect ourselves. Well, I don't really believe in protection. Right. I think that if I shine my heart like a light beacon radiating from every pore and cell, that love is protection enough. And I've learned in my life that there are people that sometimes can't connect with that. They're so separated from their source, from their sense of love that they are totally not in touch with that. And I've learned to feel those vibes, and I've learned to hear that tonality, and I've learned a lot about what puts up little red flags for me. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to listen to my inner guidance that says, this doesn't feel good. You need to step back a bit. And I've learned to trust myself enough in these interactions so that when I'm interacting with such people, I get those red flags. I do. I listen to the need that I have within to take care of myself, and I address that need. I soothe that, and it's amazing what happens out there with those people. They just transform. Okay. And I don't have to talk to them about it at all. See? And it's because I'm taking care of myself. Right, right, and that's very important. That's so scary. it's not really about trusting other people anymore. Because if you put the ball in someone else's court, mm-hmm. they have power over you. That's true. You are no longer in the driver's seat. So it needs to be about how you feel, how you respond, what you think, what your actions are. So when you get to that place where you have this interaction and you feel that vibe, and then you get to this place where you say, ew, that feels nasty, that feels bad. And you take a moment to take care of yourself. What are the thoughts that I'm having right now as I experience this? That's my shit. <laughs> it has nothing to do with them. That's my old trigger story from when I was two years old and somebody looked at me wrong. Right. So once I get that and I soothe that, then I can actually be present in the moment that's actually happening and I can see that this person is in fear or pain. Right. And what I have found is that if you open the space to let them actually 
express their personal pain, you diffuse the whole thing. Wow. Okay. You know, for instance, that might be, gosh, I notice that you're really agitated right now, and your tone is kind of sharp. What's going on for you? Right. Is there some need that needs to be met for you? Is there something that's triggering you into feeling bad? What's going on? And if you act like you really care, mm-hmm. then they don't need to attack you anymore, and you don't need to defend it. You just Now you're heart-connected again. Right. That's true. And then sometimes if you can't reach them because they're so far gone into the miasma of their pain, I call it kind of like the illusion. You know, you go into a trance when you're in pain. Right. And if they're so far into that trance you can't reach them, the best thing sometimes to do is just to take space. Right. <clears throat> and I feel sometimes when they're that deep, deep in pain, it's because they don't think they're worthy of being loved because they were trained as a child that they were not worthy of being loved. So they programmed themselves to believe that. And right. anything they encounter... When it's good, it's like, I don't deserve this, and then they become resentful, some, and then they never get it. So you try to reach and reach and reach, and I've actually had an ex tell me, he says, I'm not worthy of your love. And I was like, how do you figure? You said you wanted someone like me, and you got what you wanted, so how do you figure? He said, because my mother said I didn't deserve someone like you. I was like, are you kidding me? She said she said someone I was too good for him. I was shocked. <laughs> mhm. And I said, Well, I think all of us have those moments when we think that we may not be thinking at all the time. Mhm. But I think we all do. I I've had a place where I go sometimes when it's like oh, this is what come up in my relationship a lot. And I'm working my hell through it, I'll tell you. It's <laughs> the I don't matter story. Okay. It's that my mother was like the most sacrificial person I've ever met. She's totally a martyr. And so I go there sometimes. I don't matter. My feelings don't matter. What I don't want doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is pleasing you. The only thing, and, of course, I say it with the venom of a snake wow. because, of course, I'm pissed off that it doesn't matter. But who's creating that? Me. Right. You know, and it's like, oh, shit. You know, here I'm projecting this onto him, and that's not where he's coming from at all. Right. I'm not in this moment. I'm in the moment where I was four years old and all my brothers and sisters had to come before me and I had to babysit. You know, so it's easy to break it down when you take the time. Right. Right. Just and actually, I have a gift for your listeners. You do? Love I do. Excited. Come on, come on. We're ready. If you go on to my site, loveandlifetools.com, there is a tab there that's a special gift. And there's a few there that you can take and listen to and play with. One of them is is just learning the basic tantric tools to help get centered and clear. Another one is how to deal with emotions. Another one is really helping you to move through that space of, you know, when there's a conflict, what's going on with me and the other person and breaking it down. There's a whole list of um Audio. Worksheets okay. that you can use to figure all that stuff out, and they're all there for you. So go check it out, com. special gift. And I encourage you all to go there and uh, try some of this stuff out. Please feel free to write me if you've got any questions. Oh, that would be awesome. 
I think that is great. <clears throat> really, see? See, only here on Food Alchemy at its greatest, which just says be the Food Alchemist, can you get free gifts like this. And <laughs> you really need to come back and listen, but really go to lovelighttools.com. It is just a wonderful site. I like uh, some of the stuff I had. But also tell them about your magazine and everything because you so, have a magazine. Love and Life Tools is my web magazine, and it is evolving into its own internet TV station. I hope, I hope, I hope we're setting up our studio now. So we'll be doing audio stuff, video stuff, and I'm going to also be <clears throat> highlighting my Sex Talk Radio Network show, The Indulgence Show. I'm also going to be putting those shows also in Love and Life Tools, so you can go either place to get those shows, and they are amazing. Just, you know, and what is it? It's an hour of me talking about sex and relationships mm-hmm. and compassion and love and all these wonderful things that make relationships work. See, that's what we need, the tools. See? And a young lady I know was going to read you about this this person when I advertised about our radio show. She was not very, I don't know, not very happy. She was saying that it's an uh, intimate experience between two people that's considered each other's sacred in their hearts. It's something that cannot be shared ex- except between the two who are interchanging sacred sexual energy. Both partners involved determine how it will play out as a sacred sexual experience in their personal relationship. It cannot be taught. Only experience when experienced. It is then learned. So I'm not really understanding what she's trying to communicate. Basically, she was saying that uh, on my website I talk about sacred sex, define what Mm -hmm. it is and how it goes about it, love, life, and spiritual coaching. This was saying, and she was saying it was an intimate, it's an intimate experience between two people and their sacred heart. And she says, well, you know, I get that a lot. When I tell people what I do, mm -hmm. their first reaction was, that's personal. Right. That's intimate. So is taking a shit and peeing. <laughs> so is lactating, giving birth, eating, and many other of the organic things we do. Right. And it's, it is very personal, and it's very sacred, and it's very normal, and it's very natural. And right. those things can happen in any kind of configuration. Right. So what makes it personal is how personal you make it. This is true. That's a choice. But, you know, they teach us how to use the bathroom. Yep. They teach us how to lift a fork and put it in our mouth. Yes. They yep. teach us how to do all kinds of natural things. You're so... And, <laughs> and you know, what we're doing in Tantra, mm-hmm. okay, and sacred sexuality is not rocket science, okay? It can get there if you really want to get, like, totally deep into it, but... Basically, I think if we weren't warned away from our sexuality as children, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have to be teaching this stuff to adults. Right. But because we are cut off from our sexuality, discouraged from exploring and enjoying our own bodies, discouraged from interacting with others, we get shut down. And the possibilities are latent. They're laying there. They're waiting for awakening. Now, I've noticed in many kinds of relationships there are varying degrees Mm -hmm. of maturity in those relationships on both sides of the equation. Mm -hmm. 
And those levels of maturity are some of the things that unlock the keys to these elements of sacred sexuality for sure. But some of these things that I teach in my Tantra classes, again, not rocket science, stuff we're doing all day, every day, but it's put together in such a way that it creates a very dynamic energy flow and it creates a conscious kind of experience. It's like adding one plus two equals three. Right. And if you don't know about this stuff, you may discover it on your own. You may not. Right. Unfortunately, from my parents' generation, I don't think any of them did. Not to the extent, at least, that I've been able to experience. And so I think it's a balance and important to teach these tools, techniques, and skills. I teach skills in communication. I teach skills in touch. I teach skills in vulnerability and heart connection. I teach skills. All these tools help to activate you for optimal interaction. Right. So if you do the things that are taught in this, you will have a better chance of having a higher quality of experience. And, you know, now we're talking nuts and bolts here. What actually happens in the experience is a very personal and sacred thing. Sometimes it can be shared between two people, sometimes between more. God doesn't judge that stuff. It's available to all, and it's, it's energy. It's just energy. It's potential. It's how you use it. It's what you do with it. It's what your intention is. It's how you activate it. It's how you aim it. It's how you fire it. All of those things are an additional piece of the puzzle. And the more conscious we are in the way that we use these things, I think the better results we're likely to have. Right. I think so, too. Because the thing is, your response that you gave is the response that I just basically wrote to her, which was funny. <laughs> That's why I was like, okay, you're right here. <laughs> I know. You're my banning twin, right? <laughs> I thought that was so funny when you – I was like, if she just read what I just wrote exactly what you said to the T ah! is what I wrote on her Facebook. Then I pointed her in your direction <laughs> and said that you would be a guest on my show. So I know she's probably like, what the hey? But it's, you know, I, I agree 100%. Like I said, back in the day when we grew up in villages and amongst the tribe and all of us, it was nothing, sexuality, about sex was not shameful. It was a beautiful part. It was part of breathing, eating, sleeping, walking. And now that we're in a Puritan country where America, as far as I'm concerned, is Puritan. It's, it's Puritan. They came Pretty much. Pretty much. Victorian. Right. Did you know that they put tablecloths on tables in the Victorian era because they were afraid guys would get turned on by the, le- ta- the legs of the table. Uh, uh, uh-huh. Ridiculous. Oh, wow. Ridiculous. So, but did you know that in tribal cultures they did something really brilliant that we don't do? What? We uh, have kind uh, of a thing with women when they have their first sexual experience in that hymen break mm-hmm. and they're not used to having things inserted. Right. It can be painful. Right. And we tend to imprint. When we have our first experiences with something, we tend to imprint. Mm -hmm. And a sexual experience is kind of a loaded experience, right, emotionally, physically. Right. It's a lot to it that we don't even understand on a multidimensional basis. 
But in our culture, because it's painful, and oftentimes that first pain has a lot to do with the insertion of the man into the woman with the penis, women have this program that starts to run that says love is pain. Okay. And it infects our relationship. That is Now, in the ancient cultures, you'll notice they had these things that they call lingam stones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they had them in various sizes, shapes. And they would do a ritual when a girl came of a certain age where they would use these lingam stones to end their virginity yeah. so that a woman never connected making love with her partner's penis to the pain of the initiation with the lingam stones. That's awesome. Which I think is a really smart thing to do. Right. And also it proved um, to some some women that they were actually a virgin and in some villages, and that was very important. Uh, I learned that too. Um, but that Oh, my God. It was going on. It's been going on in Europe. I mean, my dad, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I come from a Catholic family, Polish stock. Right? Okay. And I remember my dad telling me that in his neighborhood growing up, if you got married, many guys pricked their finger so that the blood would show on the sheet, which you then had to hang out for all to see to prove right. your wife was a virgin. And he's threatening me with using tampons and all this stuff that I'm not going to be able to have my marital sheet hanging out the window. I'm going, that's so over, Dad. Not that long ago. <laughs> Right, not right. that long ago. Right, yes, it's still there's still this still stuck in tradition in Judaism and um, a lot of old uh, religions that are come here is basically the same way that you had to prove uh, the same thing of basically your virginity with your wife and your uh, that it was consummated and they had to see the blood and it had to be on the sheets and the sheets had to be known the whole village had to know. Um, you know how that came about? No, I It didn't don't. really start to happen until we became more agrarianly oriented and then property ownership became important. Once property ownership became important, then you can't take it with you. So what do you do? You want to leave it to somebody. It should be your children. So now we've got to prove whose kids they are to make sure that the property is going to the right place. The only way to do that is to control women's sexuality. Wow. Voila. Okay. Wow. See, you never know about all these things until you really, really, really get to know uh, the history behind it and exactly why we have it, which is um, we don't think about. And I tell people, you really need to go look at your history and understand why we are so caught up on our sexuality, why we're so caught up in ourselves. And I like the fact that women grew up learning from other women um, how to do stuff and that the women were made back in the day that let them know that, that when they flow, it was the most important time. We're here, they're like, it's dirty, it's nasty, and they really embraced this time when a woman was becoming a woman and she went into a hut and they did stuff. It wasn't how people, oh, well, I don't want you to touch my food as some religions thought. No, this is her most powerful time that she's embracing that she's a woman and she's she's part of Mother Earth. 
you know. And a lot of these women would take times out from their family and go be with women and meditate and right. pray. This is their most powerful time. And men just didn't understand it. All they knew there was blood and scared them what's going on. So, I mean, there's so much richness and magic in that whole experience. And our denial and rejection of ourselves, I think, causes more of the cramping and problems that we experience. We used to call it the curse. Right. And this was something that was to be ashamed of. True. You know, and, you know, it's just we're so ashamed of what's going on down south. Do you know that our bodies are distilleries and that what comes out of us is pure and clean? Yes. Once it hits the oxygen, other things start to happen. Right. But our bodies are actually distilleries. And urine is actually used as an antiseptic mm-hmm. and for many other very amazing purposes. Right. And with female ejaculation, mm-hmm. there is amazing, psychic, powerful life force energy in that fluid. And in ancient cultures, it was used as a magic potion, as was Venus. And the mixture of those two sex magic rituals. It's where you raise that sexual energy as high as you can, and when you ejaculate and flow, they would catch those fluids in a bowl, and all their prayers would be in that and their intentions, mm-hmm. and they're sending their joyful, loving, amazing, juicy energy with that vision so that they create it, and then they would give it away to a tree. See how beautiful is that? It's beautiful. And this woman's talking, it's private. You know, what are we afraid of? We're afraid of being vulnerable. Right. That's that's all of us, believe it or not. Um, I had yeah. learned about, as my friend, she used to call it the liquid nectar, the nectar yeah. gods. And I said, really? And then I learned uh, the proper name was Amarita. I said, Amarita? Yeah. Really? And I said, how did it go back? And then we went back. She says, well, it's from uh, the way they were taught about it was the... Native American, not Native American, Indians from India. Uh-huh. And it was part of the um, the different positions like Kama Sutra. And I was like, really, I, I've read the book Kama Sutra. I've been looking for that over and over again. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't remember them saying anything the like Kama, that. What you have to understand, the Kama Sutra is not about sacred sexuality. The Kama Sutra is an instructional book. Okay for sexual interaction. It was written by a guy. It has a guy's perspective. Right. And, you know, it's all about that. Let's talk a little bit about sacred sexuality and and, um, sex magic for a minute. I love that. Sacred sexuality. I got to tell you, sacred is my favorite word Uh because it means that we're, you know, imbibing, appreciating, honoring, respecting, ingesting the essence of something and seeing its magnificence and its beauty in its essence. And so sacred sexuality is when you take a sacred attitude toward your sexual experience. Now, that doesn't mean it can't look unsacred. I mean, you can say, fuck me, baby. You can do all kinds of crazy alternative fetish things in a sacred sexuality ritual. But the difference is your intention. The difference is the honor and respect with which you've established a foundation with your partner to create 
something sacred and beautiful, whether it's experimenting in adventures in consciousness or personality, trying on outfits and, you know, pretending you're different people, whatever it is you're doing. Mm -hmm. The intention is to worship and adore the essence of the quality of your partner and the experience that you're having. That's what makes it sacred. Right. And there are also, of course, wonderful tantric technologies that can add dimension to that experience. Right. And sex magic is when you take, you know, there's a, there's a law, the law of attraction says that where attention goes, energy follows. Okay? True. Now, a lot of us put a lot of energy into what we don't want, as you said when we started the show. Right. We focus upon what we fear. We, you know, we leave our bodies. We spend time worrying. Mm-hmm. And then we just attract more of what we're worrying about. Right. But with um, where if you put your attention on joy, on pleasure, on love, on raising sexual activation and higher feelings and even moving into higher consciousness, you can take all that stuff. You know, you've got the physical stuff going on, but you've also got this energetic stuff, this psychic stuff, this emotional stuff. Right. All those feelings also have a vibration, and it affects the quality of the experience. So, you know, you've heard them talking about Dr. Omoto and talking about water and blessing water right. and putting intentions in water. Well, right. you can put this same kind of energy into your sexual activation, your sexual energy, your connection and your love relationship and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you've got all that juice together and mm-hmm. you're sharing that, mm-hmm. then when you go into that peak experience, if you roll your eyes up towards your third eye, they could be open or closed, but roll it up towards your third eye, which is right in the middle of your brow, right, you know, right above the nose, and you vision that thing that you want. For instance, if it's money, you might see a dollar sign. Or if it's a new house, you might picture a house, the house of your dreams or whatever, and you send that energy to that vision together. Or it could be for world peace or something that you want to, avoid the hurricane down in Louisiana, whatever it is. Right. You put that energy toward it, and it has an effect. You send it out. And if this is something that you want, it will often come back better than you imagined. Be open to it being better than it imagined because you put all this love behind it. You put all this juice, this joy, this great stuff. Isn't that better than putting fear and pain? Yeah. So and it makes a difference, and it's stronger. I've gotten houses that way. Right. I've gotten many things by doing sex magic rituals. And it's just by setting an intention for what you want, creating a symbol for it, mm-hmm. raising the energy. When you have your peak, focus on that symbol and send the energy to that and then release it. Right. And you and don't have to it. have a partner to do this because most people think, oh, well, sex magic, you have to have a partner. And you don't. You can do no, it you with don't. yourself. And it's a beautiful experience. Let me tell you, it's awesome. Uh, to do it And if you practice You just keep putting out That intention uh, yeah. Like I was trying to Tell a young lady Focus on what you want And you got to become What you want You can't be I want this gorgeous man This and that and that And then Guess what You want this and that and that But guess what How are you going to get This and that and that If you're not of equal You know Balance You're going to be Unevenly yoked And they want the same thing That you just asked for Right, you have to be in vibration. They say vibrational harmony, which means that 
for instance, would I love a million dollars tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> okay. So in my rituals and my meditations, I imagine that I am this cup that is deep well, that's full and overflowing, and that it's flowing through me into others, and it's there for me, and it's there for others. And I vision myself in my new home, and I vision myself being able to fund my business in new and exciting ways. And I, I focus on it until I start to really feel what it feels like to have that kind of money. Right. And then I will just hang out and bask in that feeling. I notice my body's so much more relaxed. I notice the tension's gone. The furrow in my brow is gone. I notice that I feel happy. And then I start to notice something going on down in my genitals, kind of a little ringing feeling. Right. And I go, oh, that's nice. So then I'll take that ringing feeling and I'll kind of move around and breathe and take that ringing feeling and bring it up through my body. And I'm just having a great old time. And I'm hanging out with putting attention on where I want it. And if you hold it there for two minutes, you have really focused some powerful energy. And if you do this habitually, it's got to happen. Right. The only thing that will get in your way is your attitude and approach. For instance, I'm wanting this million dollars, but I notice I'm overdrawn today. Now, how much am I going to let that overdraft freak me out for the rest of the day? How much of my attention is going there? How much of my attention to what's going on that I would prefer is based in fear? I have to move out of that space, out of fear, and into a vibrational harmony that says, I have this, I can have this. I know what it feels like to hang out with $100 million in my account. I know what it feels like. And I can right. hang out there. And that's that's the way you make it happen. Right. The emotion is key. That is true. That is so true being connected with that energy and basically dissociation of anything that is negative that you don't want and just bringing forth the positivity that you do want and not be distracted because it doesn't come today because eventually that it it is coming. You know, it takes time just like walking to, you know, to a town. It takes some time to get there and just focus on, okay, well, it takes some time to get there and what do I need to do? And just let it know that it is. And when you present yourself that it is, it's here, it's happening, it will come. But if you focus on, up, oh, it's not here yet. It's up, oh, it's not here yet. Up, oh, yeah. You're putting like little blockers. Every time it's getting close, you're putting that block, roadblock, yeah. roadblock. But if you have fears or doubts, as we all do, mm-hmm. they're a gift. Because when those come up, that means that you've got some need that needs to be addressed. And if you listen to the stories you're telling yourself, if you listen to what those thoughts are, then you can start to address those things so that they will dissolve. Because, you know, we can't say fear and negative emotion is bad. It's not bad. It's an opportunity to find out what's the program I'm running, what's the story I'm telling. Right. What do I believe about this? Is this in alignment with what I want to create? Well, i got to realign. So realign. (laughs) <laughs> and unfortunately not everybody know how to align They don't even Some people don't even know what alignment is And that's bad um, Just like So what is alignment, Sessie, now that you brought that up? 
I was going to get you to You know, I'm so going to put you on the pedestal. Get up there, girl. I would say alignment is knowing yourself, your spiritual self, your physical self, and your mental self, and that's being in tune to yourself and your body. And that little what we call conscious, which I call your true self, that's the inner you, knowing that person and being that, having that connection and that you're all connected together. Almost and like it also that. has to do with making choices okay. that align with your intentions, having thoughts that align with what you want to create, having feelings mm-hmm. that feed what it is you want to create. Right, planting a seed and growing to a beautiful, magnificent tree. Yeah. So if I want a million dollars and I don't believe I'm worthy of a million dollars, I got a problem. <laughs> but, no matter much how, how much I say, "Ooh, I want that million dollars," "Ooh, I feel that million dollars," right? There's some part of me that's saying, "Uh-uh." Right. Right. You don't deserve it. You know, it's because of that thing you did when you were four years old and you lied to your mother. Right. <laughs> you know? We are our own roadblocks. Seriously. Yeah. We are our own roadblocks and, you know, thinking, well, okay, I got this, 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 and how do you pursue? And, like, trust me, getting here was a pursuit and an interesting ride moving here to Cali. And it was like, and it's still an interesting ride, but I talked to my mother yesterday, and she said, you sound so happy. And I was like, really? She said, you sound so happy. I said, well, I am. Um, things are might not be seem like they're not working out on the outside looking, people looking in from the outside. But to me I see the big picture and I it's mm-hmm. just like a, a train ride. I'm getting to watch the different scenery come together. You know, you brought up something really important there. Okay. And that is seeing the big picture. It's really possible for us if we can get out of the monofocus on the situation and and experience we're having in the moment and step back a few paces to kind of get an overview of how things are falling into place. It really can be very refreshing. I've been fairly successful at it at times in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can call in your higher self to help you get that perspective. Mm-hmm. You can pray for that perspective. But it does come in, and it's fascinating to see it when it happens. Right. But here's something that's really been coming up for me that I'm really wanting to dig into, and, and you know, it might be fun to chew on it here a little bit. You know, we have we have this idea of how we manifest, you know, the law of attraction and how we create, staying aligned with our intentions and purpose, believing that we're worthy, you know, and then getting ourselves attuned harmonically to that thing we want to create because it's already there and now we're on the journey to get there. Mm -hmm. What part also does right timing play, astrology, all these other external kinds of things? Because some people say, oh, if you get aligned, it'll just happen. But I've also noticed that what goes on with astrology and right timing is important. So I just had a vision last week about what's going on for me. Mm-hmm. And in that vision, I was going through this birthing canal. Mm-hmm. And in the birthing canal, I could see the light, you know, and it was bright. And at first I got afraid. I thought, oh, is that a nuclear holocaust or is that my next incarnation? And a voice came in in this meditation and said, you don't have to die this time. Right. And when you come through this canal, it's going to be magnificent 
people are going to be ready to listen to what you have to say and what you have to share. So your right timing is just about nine, and it's all coming together in this nexus at this birthing point. And so, you know, I got to really see the broader picture. I got to see a more expanded, multidimensional perspective of what's happening for me right now. How cool is that? And yet, you know, there there are all these different elements, and I don't think it is just, oh, I'm aligned, therefore it's going to happen. You know, isn't it better that I'm coming out more and more at a time when people are actually ready and able to receive what I have to share? Right. It's a lot more fun, I'll tell you. I know it is. Cool. Just so gonna... what do you think about all that? I think it's awesome that, you know, but we had this conversation before. <laughs> I don't know that I got to hear what you had talked about, and that made me really think uh, about my journey. And that's how I looked at it after talking to you and mm-hmm. you were telling me about your journey of you realizing that you didn't have to die, and it was just a little voice that, you know, you're going to come out and people are going to listen. It's going to just be expanded even more. I just think you're a very important part of this earth and the work that you do do and the books that you write and the uh, magazine that you put out that's on the internet but the connections that you're making which is phenomenal people don't know that you're actually mobile and you're actually going out there doing life love life coaching which is amazing because you're putting them together well either people doing life coaching and they're forgetting about the love and you're putting them together which is very awesome because we need to hear that and we need that healing. Um, they don't. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, life is all about relationships, and relationships are all about love. Right. Either the absence of or the embracement of. <laughs> Which is cool. So I have yeah. a question for you. What if you think about the blue moon that's happening Friday? Are you doing anything? special because of the blue moon this Friday? Well, when they have things like that, I usually do do meditations and I do, I'm not doing an event because it's been an incredible week, but I will go into a meditation. Okay. And I usually, when there's moon ceremonies, I do uh, often a meditation where I do some releasing of old Mm -hmm. patterns, beliefs, thoughts, limitations, I get very specific and I may focus on one particular issue in my life mm-hmm. and then I call in the next and I'm open to receive the next and oftentimes we'll do a little, I uh, will burn those papers that we've written all that stuff on and mm-hmm. send it out to the universe and different kinds of things like that, maybe some drumming out in the backyard right. um, but yeah, I love the blue moon blue moon I wanted to Standing alone. I wanted to find a sweat because I know they do giveaways and this would be a perfect Yeah. Time. Well, my my roommate Linda sweats. I'm gonna do a little plug for her. If you go to the wildrose.net. Wildrose.net. The wildrose.net. T H E W I L D R O S E dot net. She does regular sweat lodges. I don't know if she's got one this week. I haven't checked. Sometimes I attend them and I help her in the lodge. And, yes, sweats are wonderful. And the thing that I like about hers is I usually can't handle it when they're super packed tight. She makes sure that you don't have too many people. And her sweats are relatively mild. It's not like they try to burn you out. (laughs) 
because I have claustrophobia and I panic, but she makes, I can handle her sweat. And yet they're very powerful and energetic and beautiful. She's got a wonderful, beautiful spirit, and it just shines in her prayers. She's amazing. She's my kite teacher. Wow. Wildrose.net. Okay. Yeah, so check out her sweat schedule, and uh, there might be one this weekend. I'm not too sure. I know she had one last weekend. And they're held in Pasadena. Okay. So if you if you write her on her site, she'll, uh, you know, and take a reservation and all that, then maybe I'll see you on Friday night. Who knows? Yes, I'm looking to see, or maybe I missed something, because I got wildrose.net, and um, it's adult porno site. It's the wildrose.net. Oh, that makes a big difference.
and you share your experience if you choose to. And, you know, ask questions and whatever else is going on for you. So that's what a sweat lodge is. And it's beautiful. I've been them. I had um, a lot of sister sweat lodges when I I was in Phoenix, which was awesome. And, yeah. And that's how I got to know the deer tribe very well. Yeah. Um. And what's nice about the sweat lodge, if you choose not to wear clothing, is that um, nobody can see you because it's dark. Right. And I usually go in with a couple of towels. I'll take a towel that I'll lay on on the floor of the sweat lodge, and then I'll take another towel because I want to wipe my face and kind of wipe myself down as things are going on. And it's also good to rest my head on it. <laughs> right. Because the lower you go, the cooler it is. That's the higher right. are, the hotter it is. Yeah, so for you six-footers and above, <laughs> <laughs> make sure you get into a sweat lodge where you can lay down. There's room to lay down. I usually find the space my knees may be up, you know, so that they're not, I'm not laying straight out, but I'm laying in such a way that's comfortable and there's plenty of room for everybody else. And there's no sexual touching or interaction encouraging the sweat lodge. We ask everybody to keep to themselves in that kind of a way because this is really about your experience with spirit. And that's a beautiful thing, especially when you're giving stuff away and you're receiving stuff and the beauty and the connections that you make um, are really, really awesome. And it's, like you said, it's neutral. It's not nothing sexual if, you know, because you're without clothes. And um, it's awesome. I just know it's a very spiritual experience for me. Yeah, and sometimes people get very emotional and it's, encouraged and supported you know if you feel the need to cry and release through tears or through laughter they're singing in the lodge in between the rounds when they bring in extra rocks what happens in the lodge is that there is a pit and they put the heat rocks in a stove outside and those rocks are heated till they're red hot mm-hmm. and then they bring in a certain number of those stones and then there is a, a sage mixture Mm-hmm. with rosemary and different kinds of herbs that's thrown on the rock and then water's poured and that's how you get the steam for the sweat lodge and that's where you sweat. Okay, that's awesome. So you let your cares away and come back a beautiful person. Yeah, Not you feel the, really clean and clear and pure afterwards. Right, it's wonderful. and very focused and your attention and you, you, you're able to go with the, the intentions of positivity that you said that you want to bring into yourself the beauty, that you're able actually to focus, I feel, for me, that I'm able to focus and take that beauty from what I said I want out into the world and actually let the world see the beauty that I want them to see for myself. Yep. So it's it's a very spiritual experience and very healing experience and also a very uh, wonderful connection with other people that are like-minded on a spirit, what I call a spiritual journey or spiritual quest. And I know um, they sometimes, for the Sister Lodge, uh, they can also give out names um, mm-hmm. uh, for women. Um, my name was Buffalo White Buffalo Woman That Speaks Truth. Ooh, I like that. Mine was Diamond Dolphin. Wow, that is beautiful. When I got that name, I just sobbed. Just sobbed. Oh, wow. Oh. oh, and you also want to take some water with you into the lodge to drink. We're not into people suffering. Right. And it's good to stay hydrated, so bring plenty of water bottles with you. 
Right, and I think it's two hours before they do the sweat. They have um, usually, I know in Phoenix, they'll have a, they'll educate you and tell you what you need and uh, give you a chance to get to know. So if there's anything fixed, and the old timers <laughs> uh, get to come in, you know, right before we go in, before you know, before uh, they open the pipe ceremony and get the blessings and go in. To the lodge and begin the sweat, which is amazing too. Mm-hmm. So, in it's every part is beautiful. The explanation, if you're not, um, if you're an old timer and you're bringing someone new, it's great to take them because it reminds you of some of the things the first time, and somebody seeing you might be able to relate, and you might be able to make that connection and make them uh, less nervous, mm-hmm. uh, you know, apprehensive, which is really good of opening your your body again. It's very sacred, you know, a sacred ceremony. And it's about you and your creator, your belief, your God, and your and your inner self getting dispelled all the negativity and bringing in all the positivity and the things you want yeah. at that one ceremony, which is amazing. And some people get a lot of visions. Mm-hmm. Some people get um, songs because sometimes in their, uh, their songs, uh, sang, there's sometimes drums are actually uh, beat, and there's all wonderful things, you can just feel the energy it's like a beautiful vortex of just like so hard to explain it's such a beautiful uh, you know, you get to see the beautiful energy that's going on around everybody uh, you know, the sometimes you see the auras of people, not them, but the auras themselves, and making that connection of, like, um, I've seen purple lights, I've seen uh, blue energy just uh, surrounding different people and going up, which is beautiful. So I'm just astonished, you know, at the things that I experience each time. And I think if once in your lifetime, if you could try something, a sweat lodge, you should try it, you know, whether it be in California, Arizona, um, even in New York, uh, there's uh, a brother named by Paor, um, uh, Paor, and he's at Heal Thyself Temple by Queen of Fua in Brooklyn, New York, and he hosts a Sunday sweat, um, what they call a family sweat, and they go to the bathhouses and they do it, and they make it a ceremony, and it's a beautiful experience, and it's it's awesome. So they also do it in Philadelphia. These are the ones that I've attended, and I know uh, that are awesome. That I suggest people, if you really want to know this and get in touch, um, get in touch with myself. Uh, get in touch with uh, the Wild Rose dot net here in California. Go to Sweet Med- uh, the Deer Tribe, Sweet Medicine Deer Tribe there in um, Arizona. Look it up. They'd be more than happy to explain it and just join it just for the opening because they have moon sweats, which are very powerful in the connection, again, with the earth and with yourself and coming of new. And it's nothing um, perverted about it. It's about a spiritual connection with yourself and getting to know yourself and growth and development. So that's what I like to say. 
Would you like to add anything that I've missed? <laughs> I think you handled it pretty darn good. And, yeah, check out thewildrose.net. Uh, Starflyer Lynn Hopkins is the Sweat Lodge leader. I'm one of her lieutenants. We started this lodge many years ago. We also have a drum team that performs. <gasps> we have a sacred drum that's six foot in diameter, and we have 12 people sitting around it, and we do sacred chants, and we perform often at the Onion in uh, Northridge. And if you want a chanting drum team, or it's it's not died in the world Native Americans, I'm telling you. This is an Anglo version, but uh, we do wonderful chants, and we love to perform. So uh, give us a ring and check us out. Okay, and let everybody know your website again. Uh, well, I've got Helena on Love, especially for those who are interested in having me for their media project or on their television show. Go to HelenaOnLove.com. There's lots of information about me there. Go to my uh, web magazine, which is Love, letter N, LifeTools.com, LoveAndLifeTools.com. And there's lots of fun stuff there. And you can go to Sex Talk Radio Network for my Sex Talk podcast, The Indulgence Show. That's SexTalkRadioNetwork.com. So that's it for me. I had so much fun with you today, sister. It's like I'm talking to my twin. I love this. See, you don't get to, we don't really get to do this too often, you know, meet someone that really has that really great connection. At least I don't. Um, I have another friend. Um, I wanted to bring her on, and uh, but she was not able to get along because the computer's still acting crazy. Next time. We'll do it next week. Yes. We're going to have great things. We had... Um, like I said, I'm loving the Sacred uh, Wednesday. And I meant to ask you, when is your show on? My show is on any time you want to go listen to it. Oh, okay. It's a podcast. Oh, okay. Come explain me the difference what the podcast is. Okay. A podcast is a show that's recorded and then edited and put online. Oh. So it's not live like Blog Talk Radio. Okay. So you can't, you know, if I if you call in for me for a question, we record it and then we include it in on the show because it's not live. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, but I'm, you know, I'm looking out there for a wonderful uh, station that wants to have me do a show. Mm -hmm. I'd love to come in and do a show every day, once a week, Mm -hmm. um, as often as you'd like, because I love answering questions about sex and relationship. I love being out there. Mm-hmm. So if there's anyone interested in putting that kind of material on their station, please give me a call and let me know. I'd love to do it. And she put that out there, so the universe is going to return exactly what you asked for. Yeah. Because that's why I said I am looking for a network, a channel that will be my own. So that's what these commercials are representing exactly the people I want on my show. So you know on my channel to be able to do this. Uh, from myself about the books and the cooking, and I have a fabulous, 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 fabulous gentleman by the name of Marvin Smith that I would love to be on my show playing jazz while I show these vegan dishes as well as raw dishes. And just oh, and by the way, I have full intentions of featuring. Chef Sessie on Love and Life Tools. So keep a weather eye cocked. And if you're on Facebook, I'm Shama Helena Malin, and Sessie is Chef Sessie, or you go to Veggies Become You, or Chef Sessie Food Alchemist. So I have so many websites. And 
and you can Twitter me as Shama Helena also. Yes, and she has a wonderful website as well. Everybody really in a greater Los Angeles area, you are so lucky to have her at at your just at your doorstep. She is a wealth of knowledge. She's almost like the we want to say like some of the books we have in the book the book of knowledge and <laughs> and what we call Happy Valley and then here on this side is Hopi Valley. So the book of knowledge that she has about relationships and love and the connections and your chakras and basically your connections, even relationship, how relating to your daughters uh, and your son, because a lot of people have that. That might be something that we need to talk to. How do we explain sexuality today to our children and shield them and also not shield them so much, but show them properly what has been blown out of context here in America because we're so yeah. puritan. That is a whole nother can of worms, really. I know on that maybe next time. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said this. So Ceci and I, I think, are going to be playing on Wednesdays for a while, and watch out for her soon on Love and Life Tools. I'm going to have her talking about aphrodisiacs and foods for sex. That'd be amazing. I am just so stoked. You people that don't know, you have been listening to Food Alchemy at its greatest with Chef Ceci, food alchemist, author of It's Vegan and It Tastes Good, and it's available. Oh, I made my current. It's on Kindle as of today. All right. From August 22nd to the 31st. Five ninety nine only, so you want to jump on this at midnight on the thirty first September first. The price goes up. We're going to just take it. And if you want to buy the book, in case you don't have a Kindle or you don't feel like going to Amazon, you can go to my website, thefoodalchemist.us or veggiesbecomeyou, the letter U, dot com, and you can buy my book. And again, you can reach Helena at. LoveandLifeTools.com. Love letter N, LifeTools.com, or at HelenaOnLove.com. Right. And you can email me at Helena at HelenaOnLove.com. And she offers coaching. She offers workshops. She does seminars. She does documentaries. I also have a meetup group. It's called L.A. Tantrika. So if you're interested in coming to a meetup group about Tantra, check out L.A. Tantrika. See that? See, ladies and gentlemen, all this wealth of knowledge. Could you just walk away from this? No, this is what we need to know about ourselves. This is this is just walking in your face and saying, "This is what I need." So, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, then you need to come and you want to hear a radio show like this. You need to go to ra- uh, Blog Talk Radio, Food Alchemy at its greatest, and follow up. Follow us because starting Friday we will be having a show three times a week, and we're Woo-hoo. keeping our sacred Wednesday, sacred Wednesday. Get over that hump day, and it's going to be about sex, and we're going to learn all different kind of things because color plays a part, food plays a part, sound plays a part. We're going to reach unbelievable heights of learning about ourselves, our inner self and more. So I want you to stay tuned. I want you again to follow us and keep in tune with Food Alchemy at its greatest at Blog Talk Radio. 
I would like to thank everybody with the sound of my voice. I want to say namaste and blessings to everybody. This is Chef Ceci, the food alchemist. You have been lovable. Peace, ah. light, and love. I'll catch you on the wild side. Au revoir. Au revoir. Ciao. <laughs> okay. All right. We're ready to end. <laughs>